This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pasha Sre'e in the year Top Shin Pei Aleph. And a very warm welcome to all of our radio family and, and friends who try every week to join us, even if it's for only some on the show. It's so great to have you. It's so great to have you on board. And thank you for making the time on a busy Friday, which is also Rosh Chodesh is coming and Elul is coming. There's so much to do, so much to talk about. But yet, Baruch Hashem, you find the time to tune in and I'm internally grateful. One of the main issues in this week's Pasha is, of course, the mitzvah of of, of tzedakah. And there are laws of tzedakah, but tzedakah goes far beyond what what the law is. We know that the Avon Mishaya Karelitz who was known later as the, as the Chazanish. So he made Aliyah in the year 1933 and settled in the city of, of Bnei Brak in the central, in center of the land. And because of his, in spite of his great Torah knowledge, he never accepted upon himself any kind of title, any kind of Rabbanus, but that didn't stop his doorway from being the address for everybody. Rabbanim and, and, and very, very, uh, uh, regular people to ask him all kinds of questions, questions in halacha or to get advice in issues, in medical issues or in issues of, of parnasa and educating children. And, uh, in fact, as I said, they called him by, by his name, Chazan Ish, Ish's Avram Yishai. That was, that was the name of all his, all this for him. One time, uh, entered into the Chanis's room, a, a, the administrator of a very, very large gemach, a very large free loan fund in Bnei Brak, and asked him, would he be allowed to sell the jewelry and, and other objects, expensive objects that people gave him as a pledge, as a security for the loans that they took? when it had long been past the payback deadline and they hadn't paid, would he be allowed to sell them and raise funds for the gemach? The Chazanish was absolutely aghast at the question. And he answered him, What? You are someone who's running a, a, a gemach institution which is well known in, 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 uh, in, in our, our city? Says, if this is what you're doing, rather there shouldn't be such a, such a gemach. And, and he explains him. Says, think about it. Here's a person, Nebuch, he's down out, he, he's desperate for a loan. He gets the loan and he's forced to give all of his wife's jewelry to the, to the gemach as, as, as a collateral for that loan. He's not able to pay back. And one day, the wife goes out on the street and she sees another woman wearing her jewelry that obviously her husband had bought for her from the Gemach, sold it. Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine the hurt that this woman is going to suffer? Bad enough to lose her jewelry, but now to see someone else uh, uh, wearing it. Says, you have to understand, he says to him, when you're running any kind of stock organization, when you're involved generally in the concept of giving stock or doing kindness, you cannot run with the letter of the law. You cannot go by what is legally permitted. You have to think about the people you're dealing with. You have to go beyond the letter of the law. And sometimes even if it means with mysterious nefesh, to, to see to it that we're really helping these people. You know, the Gemara says that if you give stock, if you give money to a poor person, you get six blessings. And if you, if you give him along with the money, warm, encouraging words, words that will give him the, the ability to carry on and, and face the next day and, and not despair and not kind of feel the way people who are down and out often, often feel. That is so much greater. And the Lord says you get 11, 11 brachas for, for that. Because 
a poor person is not a commodity. It's not someone, well, I'll give him some money just in order to ease my, my, my conscience. In fact, it's brought down in various form that one should actually give when a poor person comes, one should give two donations. First, a donation to sort of ease your own conscience because I feel bad for him. And then after that, another donation to be able to fulfill the mitzvah of giving stucker. And the mitzvah of giving stucker is, is to take into account the person that's standing in front of you and, and make sure that you're not only providing him with the financial means, but with the support, with the, with the encouragement, with the chizok he needs to carry on. This is 11.9 Chai FM. We'll be back in one moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio here, Erev Shabbos Kiddush, Parshas Re'eh, almost at Rosh Chodesh, Elul, which please God will be on Sunday and Monday of this week. But we're talking Parshas Re'eh, we're talking amazing things about this Parsha, and we're going to talk a little bit, we don't talk much about it, about tragedy. And between COVID-19 and Meron and the Stalin of Esmerich and uh, yeah, the Miami Beach condo collapse and countless other suffering and, and dreaded diseases and, and financial turmoil as a result of this unstable economy coming from the pandemic. And the list of disasters and traumatic events doesn't seem to end, especially picking up in the recent past. <clears throat> How can we deal with all of this pain and anguish that has been dealt to our, our people? So, <clears throat> in this week's Pasha, Pasha's Re'eh, the Torah tells us how not to react to tragedy. And the Torah says, atem, You are the children of Hashem, your God. You shall neither cut yourselves nor make any sort of bald spots between your eyes uh, for the dead. For the dead. Why? Because you are a holy people to Hashem. And Hashem has chosen you, the Osloi Segula, to be a treasure people for Him, right? Out of all the other nations on, on, on the earth. Now, why isn't one allowed to hurt themselves as a reaction to devastating news, like the loss of a close one? Precisely, the Pasuk says, because we are the people of Hashem. One would think, that since we are the sons of the king, so we always have to maintain a distinguished appearance and not be disheveled and an emotionally unbalanced wreck. And indeed, that's in fact what Rashi holds is the reason why one should look presentable and behave appropriately. However, the Sfarna has a different and quite, quite an incredible idea says it's not proper to manifest an extreme expression of pain and anguish after the death of a close relative when one has left over a relative that is even more precious and honorable than the one who has passed. We have to realize that we are the sons of Hashem. Yes, one can experience a loss but they still have to realize that Hashem is with us, right? Who cannot, who cannot be, be lost? In, in, in a way, excessive mourning shows a lack of appreciation for whom we have. We have HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is greater than any relative. Having Him in our lives should be the greatest consolation possible for a grieving mind. And, and perhaps we can drive the point home with a, 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 a parable. A, a block of flats a manager <clears throat> who went to collect rent in, 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 the, in the townships. So he had a, a plastic packet with a lot of money in it. And he decided to absentmindedly leave it in his car while on the job collecting rent. Because it was hot, he also took his nice jacket off, which landed 
on top of the bank. As he was climbing the stairs, he ran back because he realized that all his money would be stolen because the window was broken and the jacket was taken, but the money was still there. And he was ecstatic. Why? Because even though he lost the jacket, his main possession, the bag, with a lot of cash in it, was still in place. When a person experiences a loss, he definitely should mourn and cry for that loss. However, in comparison to what or whom one still has, Hashem, in due time, one should react and one should be able to reach the level of, of consolation, realizing what's still left in the world. The problem is, most people don't have a close relationship with Hashem. And so, they don't have the cash underneath the jacket they have lost. And we'll soon discuss how to fix this particular issue. Sometimes, one may wonder, why is it that Hashem, who is always looking out for us in all the wonders of creation, made it that everyone will go through some terrible pain due to the loss of loved ones in life and will suffer tremendously. Couldn't Hashem have made it so that people would never know of such intense negative emotions which are so synonymous with, with such tragedy? And the, honor, the answer is that Hashem wants us to get, a, so to speak, a helmet which we can use to cushion the pain from the eventual and inevitable grief. And the only protection is our feeling of closeness to Hashem. Hashem is, 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 is trying to, 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 uh, uh, come to us and to help us develop the relationship. If one would never know that such pain would happen, so then they'd never prepare for it. The knowledge that we will have hard times, be it a loss of a close one, a job, or even one's health, pushes one to be ready so that the pain won't be that unbearable. If we are wise, we should always be asking, how can we develop the proper closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And the optimal way to do that, of course, is through the natural channels of speaking to Hashem all of the time, not just during davening. Furthermore, one should learn Torah every single day, which Hashem, which is Hashem's communication and His His conversation with us. And also, if we want to read this form, it is strongly recommended to to speak of the wonders of Hashem's creation and to discuss the incidents of, of Hashkacha, of divine prevalence, and the effort to, to cultivate a, a connection needs to be constant. This way, Hashem is not just some kind of esoteric concept we learn about, but a real presence in our lives. So we now find ourselves in, in the middle of the seven weeks of comfort between Tisha B'Av and and and, uh, and Rosh Hashanah. This is the seven weeks of of Nechama, of consolation. After we went through the three weeks of mourning, we have to remember that the idea of Nechama, of comfort, is to switch the focus from what we lost to what we still have. As Hashem tells us, He says. It's me, I'm the one who's, who's consoling you. It seems that Hashem is consoling us by emphasizing that He is present and that is our real consolation. And may we always develop a strong and meaningful relationship with Hashem to the best of our abilities. And Hashem, for His part, will see to it to make the relationship the most valuable to us and to truly help us that we should be unequaled to any relationship that we have 
or will ever experience in, in our lives. And if we do that, then we have the power, then we have the, the wherewithal to withstand all the tragedies, all the difficulties that we might, that we might have in, 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 in the world. Because we understand, you know, it's terrible that I lost this relative. It's terrible that I don't have this job. It's terrible that my health is, is, is failing. But, you know, my, what does the Apostle say? My Yisoyna and Gebra Chai. How can a person complain really? As long as he's alive, the greatest gift we have is life. Because as long as we have life, we can have a relationship with Hashem. We can say a bracha before we eat something or afterwards. We can go outside and experience the amazing world that he created. Nature, a tree, we can, it's the time of year now where we can make the, the special bracha over the new blossoms. Because a new year of growth is happening. It's amazing. And, and, and if we focus on that, instead of what I don't have and how terrible life is, not terrible God gives for taking away the things, from all, all, the, all the props, all the normal things we have in our lives, we'll be able to much, much better cope and deal with every issue that Hashem might decide to throw our way. This is 11.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. I will be back with much more in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio here, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas, Re'eh, as we prepare for another amazing Shabbos, the Shabbos that's going to bring us into Chodesh Elul, and of course, Chodesh Elul is the time we really, really have to get our act together and start using the time we have. Properly, and we gotta realize that every single minute of time that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has given to us from from uh, to to live in this in this uh, in this world was was set aside for fulfilling some kind of great mitzvah, which was of course the mitzvah of of learning Torah, which is Keneged Kulam, and this is of course what we learnt from our great great Rabbanim who knew. How to utilize, how to take every second and make it, make it valuable. So let's talk about a, a, a story that happened with the great Targoyen of Eliyashev, the tremendous, tremendous Pesach Halachic authority of Klaisa, of, of our generation. So it happened once with a Jew from Chutzlar, from outside Eretz Yisrael, that heard about Rav <coughs> of Eliyashev, and had a tremendous, tremendous desire to have a meeting with him, <coughs> to at least be able to, to see his countenance. Now, this person who wanted to see Rabbi Yashav was not a man of tremendous means, who would just be able to pick himself up and get on a plane and go. On the contrary, for a long time, he had to save small amounts of, of money and, and considering back and forth, should I go? Should I, shouldn't I go? And sometimes he could actually see himself, imagine himself walking through the roads of, of, of Eretz Yisrael and, and, and sort of soaking up the tremendous atmosphere. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it says that the, the, even the air of Eretz Yisrael makes a person, makes a person, uh, uh, wise. And of course the highlight of, of, of his visit in his, in his imagination would be to see face to face the, the, the Godel Hador and perhaps even to spend five minutes together having conversation with him. And he found himself repeating again, again, and again the, what, what you know, what he's gonna say to, to Ravel Yasha. And he knew that the time of, 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 uh, this great Godel was very, very, very tight and, and he, every second was precisely, was precisely worked, worked, uh, worked out because he had so much to do and specifically for that reason, he actually wanted to, to, to scheme, even if it meant disrupting his lifestyle in Eretz Yisrael and to make this trip to Eretz Yisrael and have the opportunity of meeting Rabbi Yashav. And, in those five minutes, he figured out exactly what he would say. He would ask such and such. He would ask for a, a, a bracha before himself and for other people. And the day came. 
and the dream was about to become reality. He was so nervous. He was so excited. And he finds himself on a plane, making his way on, you know, through the sky to, 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 uh, Eretz show and across the Atlantic Ocean. And now he is going to fulfill, fulfill his dream. And it, it was, it was a tremendous, uh, so tremendous simcha for him. And he finally he finds himself in Eretz show and he travels to Yushalayim. And finds his way to the neighborhood, Meisharim, and in a few minutes, he's going to merit to see with his own eyes what he's been waiting for and hoping for for so for so long. And the appointed time came for where Rabbi Yashov would would greet the the community and, and and accept visitors, and he saw other people going in and 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 coming out. Every sort of half a, half a minute, right? Everything was done quickly, quickly, in out, in out. In, in the, in the, uh, in, in the room where the, where the Rav was, there was no sort of wasting time on just, just, uh, just conversation. There's no time to, there's no time to joke around. You come in, you ask your question, you get an answer, <clears throat> and, and, and you, you move on. So, the, and, and the, and the, even the question, you ask in as precise and as and as concise a form as uh, as uh, as possible. And if the question starts, uh, if the questioner starts presenting all kinds of introductions and and uh, that aren't really connected directly to the to the uh, to the question, so straight away they're going to hear new. What's what's the shiloh? You know, like what, what's what's the problem? Don't don't give me don't give me introductions. Just tell me exactly what. What, what you need, what you need to know. That's the way the, the system operated there. So, when it came his time, he comes into the room, he was so nervous, and he introduced himself, and where he came from in, uh, in, uh, in, in America, and he had traveled a long distance to, to, uh, to come, and, and how much he looked forward to, to, to meeting and and uh, the rub and he said to him, maybe the rub would be able to give me five minutes from 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 his man. So he says, no, I, I can't give you five five minutes. I just don't have the time. Maybe three minutes I can give him. After three minutes, he left that room, having achieved his life's dream, and and in, enriched in a way that he never could have imagined. And he would be enriched and having achieved his wish of the great schus of seeing the face of this great, this great, uh, this great tzaddik. And to hear the bracha, bracha v'atzlocha from the mouth of the, of, of the godel, of the godel ador and, and, and to ask him certain questions. He had things that were on his, on his heart and to get a practical solution. He walked out with a, a wealth that you could not, you could not, uh, uh, account. A, a practical and palatable, uh, uh, new direction in, in his life that you could achieve in two minutes of, of his life. You know, and, and afterwards he kept thinking to, to himself that the whole trip and the incredible kircha that he had gone through just for those three minutes absolutely worth it in order to to learn in a very very real and, and and depictable sense what is the value and the worth of of time you know because we all know in every person's life we we, we swallow we, we waste so much time long time sometimes with all kinds of all kinds of of, of, of rubbish and, and and things like that. <laughs> we waste a lot more than five minutes which uh, yesterday he didn't have five minutes to to uh to to wait and and we don't even think about it that we're killing that we're killing time that there's a difference between three minutes which the robots were prepared to give him and and five minutes now you could see Mamish face to face that time is the most valuable thing in in the in the money in in, in the world. You know, people say money 
is uh, as people say, time is money. The reality is, money is 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 not as valuable as as time. Every moment of life in in this world, there's no you can't you can't measure the value of the, of that moment of life that 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 we that we uh, have. You know, uh, sometimes the the uh, we get all kinds of all kinds of uh, uh, questions. And they're both general questions, specific question, and sometimes uh, you know, we need to to uh, deal with those questions, and we go to the houses to the to the to get the advice of the greatest of the greatest people, and so we wait. You go to Rabbi Yashiv, you would stand and in 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 wait, and and uh, for your chance, you wait for the first of all for the time where he would receive people. And then uh, you'd wait for your turn to ask to ask the table to put the question on, on, on his on his table, and sometimes uh, uh, you know um, sometimes if you if you were very close to him you could manage to get in a few minutes before the the rest of the of the tzibur of the tzibur uh, uh, came came in and and you always had these these penetrating eyes. And and uh, and and he says, no, says there's still a few more. He always says, there was there's still a few more, a few more minutes, a few minutes uh, 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 less. And and you know, every question sometimes felt that they were actually stealing time from 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 the from the rub. And during those minutes, that there was, uh, 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 you know, he could have been learning, but don't think that. Even in the minute that he was dealing with people, that he was in any way lowering his his level of of uh, of of, uh, of of learning, the the, the 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 thought that went into every single question was in itself tremendous, tremendous uh, 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 depth, as if he was in the middle of of a learning of a learning uh, uh, a seder. Says it was uh, it was a very very uh, stressful time. In, uh, in, in Eretzeshoah, there were different, the different parties, and you know how it is in Eretzeshoah, those parties on the left and the parties on the, on, on, on the right, it, it reached, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's climax, and, and things were, things were very, 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 uh, 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 tense, and the decision of who was gonna actually run the, 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 the gov, the, the, uh, the, the government, and, you know, they were, they're religious, Parties also, Deglatur was one of the parties, and and perhaps the the decision about who would get the mandate to govern was actually in the hands of the religious of the religious uh, parties, and and the, the whole world was standing and 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 waiting for the decision of of a Gedele, of a Gedele Yisrael, Rashach, and 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 then Anavel Yashuv, and uh, before. The, uh, the, uh, Forever Yashuk even went to, to the house of, of, uh, of, uh, of Rav Shach. So he asked all his relatives and all those who came to his, to his house that they please, they shouldn't remain in, 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 in his house, right? He, he wanted to be alone before that, that, that visit. And it was it was very clear that these tremendous tremendous uh, uh, decisions were going to fall on his shoulders, and he was preparing for that for that meeting. And it was a very very important meeting. The whole world was was waiting for the decision which way this party was going to was going to go. Basically, the decision was going to be: was this party going to join? the government, and then there might be a government, or were there going to be the opposition, in which case there might not be a government. It was huge, and, and there were obviously many, many factors. Rabbi Yoshev traveled to Bnei Brak, to the house of the senior leader of the generation, to, to Rav Shach, and they went behind closed doors together. And there were many people standing outside, and talking about, and kind of, I don't know if they were betting, but how long, how many hours this meeting would take between these two gedoyle, the two leaders of the world of of of, of Torah. And of course, 
how long did the meeting actual take? It took 10 minutes. After 10 minutes, Rabbi Yashav walked out of the, of the house. That's how long they needed to discuss the matters. Rashach said what his opinion was and Rabbi Yashav gave the other side of the argument and all the benefits and, and, you know, and, 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 uh, and sort of, uh, disadvantages of the one side or the other. And they debated it and they came to a clear, they weighed it on the, on the scale of, of, of their, of their tremendous, tremendous Torah knowledge. And they made the decision that they, that they made. And it was a decision that at that point turned over the entire, the entire world. This is, this is the incredible importance of, of time. And it's already well known. The words of the Chazanish, which should be emblazoned on, in the boardroom of every single organization and company in the world, the Chazanish said that any meeting where there's decision, decisions to be made and things to be decided, there's no need for the meeting to take more than 10 minutes. Anything more than that is just a waste, it's just a waste of time. You're not, you're not doing anything productive during, during that time. It's, uh, it's well known that that was the normal approach of, of Gedalim to, to, uh, to time. They tell about once, uh, uh Rabbi Yashav went to, uh, to, to visit, to, to, to Bnei Brak another time to, to visit his, uh, his Machutin, uh, uh, the stipler, Yaakov Kamnetsky. So the story is told that, uh, there were those who went and accompanied him to, to, uh, Bnei Brak. And of course, Rabbi Yashav's daughter, was was the the wife of of Rav Chaim uh, Kanievsky, and his uh, so his daughter told him that the her father in law the Stipler wanted Rav Yashev to to come to his uh, to his flat for a moment to his to his room, so Rav Yashev went. To the house of, of the, of the stipler on Rechov Rashbam number 10. And while those who were with him, uh, stood outside and I thought that, you know, the, the, the visit would take a few, a few minutes. I went and whatever, did what I had to do. And, uh, I, I was sure that at least five minutes I had. So I went and wait, waited outside. And after five minutes, I came back, knocked on the door, and the, the, the Rebbitson of the, of the stipler opened the door, and I asked her, where's, where's the, where's the Rav, where's, where's Rav Eliashu? So she, so the Rabbin had said to me, look, he was here, and he's already gone. So the next day they asked, Rav Eliashu, what was, what was the, the conversation between him and the stipler? So Yashu said, look, I went to his, to his room, to the room of the stifler, and he told me that he has a bit of a, uh, problem with his eyes, that his eyes are, are, are sore, and he asked a bracha, he asked for me a bracha for, for a full shlema, and I gave him a bracha, and, and I left. Right? The, the, the entire visit took 30 seconds, no more, no more than that. Right? That's how, how we can do things Precisely and, and, uh, without leaving time for, for, for the excesses of life, but really to devote ourselves to what is the most fundamental area of our lives, which is, of course, the learning of, of, uh, of, of Torah. Now, just talking about, talking about the Ashur, I mean, Baruch Hashem, he was Zaycha to many, many, Descendants, 
Bli Anhara, he had a huge uh, a family. He had hundreds of grandchildren, great grandchildren, great great grandchildren. He was even Zoyche that his great grandchild had a grandchild. How's that? Five five generations. Obviously, as a result of that, <laughs> Baruch Hashem, between the weddings and and the and the bar mitzvahs, there was huge. And and uh, if Rabbi Yosef would have participated in every single one of them, he would have wasted. all I would have not been able to learn for a large amount of of time. And and therefore, certainly in his in his later later years, when he got to be quite quite old. He uh, kind of uh, demurred the 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 uh, the uh, responsibility of going to all the family simchas of his many 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 offspring, and it was it was known amongst the the, the family that uh, that the participation of of the zayde 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 in in family simchas was not by any means uh, uh, guaranteed. You know, if the wedding was outside of Yerushalayim, then there wasn't a chance in the world that Rabbi Yashua was going to travel all the way there and, uh, and, and participate. That was just too much of a waste of, uh, of, of time. And even if it was in Yerushalayim somewhere quite, uh, quite close, so if Rabbi Yashua felt some close connection to that particular child or that particular uh, 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 Kala, and maybe he had some gratitude, some akoras to them for something they had done. So then he would come to the uh, 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 to the wedding to the wedding for a few minutes. But even in those few minutes that he was there, you can imagine that his presence raised the level of of, of simcha at that wedding to something amazing, amazing, uh, and special. Truth is, in his younger years, so Rabbi Yashuv did participate in all the simchas of certainly of, of, of grandchildren for sure. And sometimes he would even travel, uh, outside Yushlayim in order to, in order to, uh, to do so. And obviously, uh, you know, imagine having your, having your Altazayda at, at, at your wedding certainly gave the dancing, gave the, the, the whole atmosphere a tremendous, tremendous a tremendous mess, a, a lift. But that is, that's the, the importance of time. You know, and, and we think that we have to somehow spend time, kill time. We have to realize that time is the most valuable gift we have and to use it properly. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul and we'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9, Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Re'eh, as we're approaching, Reish Chodesh, Elul, the month of Elul is almost upon us. Thank you for joining us as we come to the second part of our of our program, and as we always do at this point in the broadcast, to share with you the important times, details you need to know about this coming Shabbos, Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Re'eh, so... The earliest time to light your Shabbos candles this afternoon is at 4.35, 25 to 5. You can already get those candles lit. And as I always say, it's so great to take the opportunity to steal a few extra minutes. Make your Shabbos a little bit longer. Shabbos is exciting. Shabbos is wonderful. Shabbos, we should actually aspire to have a Shabbos the whole week. And, and if you, if you haven't a chance, quite legally, quite according to Allah, and, and, uh, quite uh, elegantly almost to add <coughs> a little bit of time onto our Shabbos, it's certainly something that we should grab with, with, uh, with as many hands as we possibly can. So 4.35 is the earliest time for lighting candles. The latest time for lighting candles this afternoon is at 5.26, 26 minutes past 5. Already sure, already we've gone 20 minutes from like the earliest uh, time. It's moving along, uh, and that would be the time where obviously we have to accept the Shabbos, make sure all the Moloch is done, everything is on the Hatra, everything is is ready to go by that, by that uh, time. 
And certainly, uh, if we're going to shul, that's the time to try to get there so you can grab a minion for, for mincha. Shkia, uh, sunset is then at 5.44, is, uh, is just before quarter to, just before quarter to six. And therefore, if you want to, uh, uh, Davin Mayrev at the proper time, not after repeat, Krishma 602 is good enough if you could wait till then, Davin Yamayrev, and, uh, and then you don't have to repeat the Krishma. If you're unsure, then of course you'll say Mayrev and do everything with, with the, uh, the community. Tomorrow is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Re'e, quite a long, quite a technical Parsha, lots and lots of very, very important issues in the, in the Parsha. And tomorrow is also Shabbos Mavorchim. It's Shabbos Mavorchim for Chodesh Elul. Rosh Chodesh Elul, it will be on Sunday and Monday, the ultimate month of this year of Tovshin Pei Aleph. And as is usually the custom, when there's a Shabbos that comes on the day before Rosh Chodesh, we have a special Haftarah from Shmuel that we often Read by However, because we are now in the period where we're reading these special seven haftoras uh, 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 of of nechama, of comfort, of of uh, of consolation, and of upliftment of the Jewish nation, as we move from the three weeks from Tisha B'av, ascending the mountain towards Rosh Hashanah and standing before God on that vaunted mountain of, of, of judgment. So therefore the after for Shabbos Re'eh, which is Aniya Sayara Lainuchama, actually then surplants the special Haftara. So we will read the normal Haftara for Pashas Re'eh this uh this this Shabbos. And then as I say, Rashkhadish pension afterwards, Rashkhadish on Sunday and uh and uh, and Monday, uh the Perak of Pirkeyovis Tomorrow afternoon is the Perak Hay, the fifth Perak of, of Perakiyavis. Grab an opportunity to open a book and read through it, certainly. Maybe go a little bit deeper, try to understand what's, what's going on there. Uh, we will not say Tzitkascha at Mincha because, of course, it is just before the beginning of Rosh Chodesh. And then Moitzah Shabbos, we go straight from Shabbos into Rosh Chodesh. It's always a great Great climactic uh, thing to go straight into uh, a Rosh Chodesh. And of course, we know about Rosh Chodesh Elul was very special. On the second day of Rosh Chodesh, which is going to be on Monday, that's when we actually begin to blow the shofar every day throughout Elul. And we begin saying Psalm 27, Ledovit Hashem Oyrev Yishi, both uh, morning and evening, Shachrit and Mayrev, for the next 51 days, all the way until, until Shmini, Shmini Atzeret. So it's quite an exciting, quite a monumental. And although, of course, when they start talking about Elo, we start getting a little bit scared because Rosh Hashanah is just around the corner and it's a frightening, and it's a frightening day. They tell stories about the olden days where people used to cry when they heard it was, when they were benching Rosh Hashanah Elo. We unfortunately don't cry too often, but it's certainly something that should at least concern us enough to want to make this month something very, very special. We are about to start learning the laws of lighting candles of Adlokas Neiros on, on Shabbos. Um, it's, it's very, very important, very basic. And obviously we've spoken about the preparation of Shabbos. We spoke about the beginning of, of the Shabbos day when, with the times of the beginning of Shabbos. And as we said, we are going through all the Adlokas of Shabbos Again, from from the beginning, as we did when we started the show, and that's why it's in fact called the Elchas Shabbos show. As we started the show, uh, we can talk about how long it was. It sounds like at least a, a, a decade ago we've been doing this, and Baruch Hashem and Chaste Hashem that we've had the schus to do it for for so so long. Baruch Hashem, that's a lot of Torah under the bridge, and I hope some of you have gained from some of it. I, I know I have immeasurably grown from being able to, from having the tremendous chut, the tremendous uh, privilege of giving, of giving this year. So, there is a mitzvah uh, from our chachamim, from our rabbis, to light candles in honor of, of Shabbos. And in fact, as we know, there are three reasons given for this 
for this very special mitzvah. Number one, to show honor and deference for Shabbos. Because uh, having a meal is always more distinguished when we have light. I, I, I know that uh, many restaurants don't agree with this dictum. They'd rather have you sit in the three quarters dark and grope for your food. Thank God. Most of us know where our mouths are, otherwise who knows where the food would end, would end up. I guess they have their reasons for doing it, but the truth is a chash of a suda is, is about light, is about radiance, and we want to sit down and have our Shabbos suda with a maximum of, of light. Number two, Ayinik Shabbos, that again, that when you can't see your food, you don't enjoy it as much. It's, it's known, Statistically, that, that people who are blind people don't enjoy their food because part of the joy of, of, food, of eating is seeing the food, looking at that steak with the succulent juices coming out of it, etc., etc. So you want to, you want to enjoy Shabbos by seeing our, our food. And number three, to create an environment of, of domestic harmony, of shalom, of shalom bias in the house because if you can't see your your furniture and your and your things, you know, little Johnny left the scooter in the middle of the passage, as he always does, but of course there's no light tonight, you tripped over it. And that is going to uh you know uh kind of rack up your ire, you're gonna get all angry and 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 kind of cause fights in the in the house. And why did you do that? And it's so so important to 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 have peace on 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 Shabbos and it's so important also to light up the table on Shabbos up to the point where the Chachamim said that if someone is really, really short of money and he doesn't even have enough money to, to purchase candles to light for Friday nights, so he's got to go begging door to door and ask for alms, ask for tzedakah in order to be able to buy candles and light and light candles for, for Shabbos. That's how important, that's how vital it, it, it is. And if someone only has a little bit of money, so, the, uh, uh, even, uh, so the first thing you have to do is buy some bread, so that at least you shouldn't fast on Shabbos. And if after you buy some bread, there's even a few coins left, the next thing on the priority list is to buy candles to light for this, for this mitzvah. And only after that, if there's still a little bit more money, then you can buy some wine to, to make Kiddush because it is possible in the situation where there's no other choice to actually make Kiddush over, over, uh, uh, bread. And through the candle, you're allowed, well, you're able to show honor and to really enjoy the, the, uh, the, the Shabbos. And it's even more, more preferable to light candles in honor of Shabbos than, than even to make Kiddush over, uh, over, over wine. We're going to come back in a minute with our very last segment. This is 11.9 Chai FM. This program is Soul to Soul and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio here, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Re'eh. Thank you for joining us as we wrap up the show. So the names of Shabbos are a, a very, very deep a kind of expression of the very essence of what Shabbos is. Because a person who is living in the dark, so he's not going to find what he's looking for. He's going to trip and he's going to hurt himself on all of his furniture and all of his house is like one big uh, stumbling block. And the moment he lights a candle, oh, suddenly now there's shown, now you can see everything you can see that all the furniture uh, uh, where they are and they're there to, all the furniture is there to for his use and all of his all of his possessions are placed in their place and now you can really enjoy Shabbos with, with his meal so too if we think about the the world 
on a very superficial level. It looks like everyone is fighting and there's wars in every single country. There's something else going on. There's, and there's, who's going to be able to fix it? Who's going to be able to put some order and some sense into this, into this, uh, 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 world? Because everyone thinks that they're, they're going to be correct. They're correct. And they're going to wipe out the, the other enemy and then they'll, they'll be happy. And so, so all these fights continue without any, without abatement. But when a person thinks for a moment and he thinks about the fact that there's such a, such a concept of Hashem's Ashkocha and the darkness is going to be removed and it's going to be replaced by HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light. So now he knows that all the different sides of the conflict will all make peace with each other and the world will come to its absolute uh, purpose. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, 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 purpose is, to bring the world to its final final place. And all the, and then all the tsaris and all the suffering that, that comes out of all this fighting will all disappear. Therefore, it comes out that near Shabbos, which makes Shalom in the house through the additional light, is a hint to the actual rectification of the entire world that's going to happen when HaKadosh Baruch Hu shines His light on, on, the, on all of us. And that really is the whole purpose of Shabbos, to, to add and, and, to, and to stoke the fires of Emuna and Torah in all of, of, all of the, the, the world, so that we should all have a better understanding and recognition of, of the, uh, of, of, of the, of the Rabbanish Right, and that's what Chazal say in Warren Shabbos, that uh, if someone is is very careful about lighting Shabbos candles, he's that he should have children who are going to be Tamanechacham, because by the fact that he is busy with the light of Shabbos, he'll be zeicher to a son who's going to add real quantitative and qualitative light to the world through his through his through his uh, Torah, and therefore the many. Women have the minute to daven after their light candles for their children that they should become. Tamide, tamide chachamim. Right? And, uh, and by Shabbos, the, the, the candles are, are the honor. And if, uh, uh, uh someone lights, uh, 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 the, the candles of Shabbos, I'm gonna show you the, the ultimate candles of, of the, uh, of, of the redemption. And you'll see. You'll see all the things that Akash Baruch Hu eventually wants to show the world will all be shown to, to us and all the other nations of the world will follow our, our light. That's all we have time for this Shabbos. Just there for, to take the opportunity to thank you all for joining us. Thank you for being part of that show. Have a wonderful, 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 warm and invigorating Shabbos and a beautiful Rosh Chodesh to follow. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening and to each and every one of you. A very good Shabbos. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, wishing you again a beautiful Shabbat Shalom.